Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. How many programs around here do you think there are? Let's stick with college. Where the fan base and the team match up that every time they play, you expect to win. We say that out loud. Around here? Yeah, we say that out loud. Oh, every game we expect to win. Winning is hard. Remember that. Uncle Gary's bit of advice for today. Winning is hard. But how many programs around here that every time they lace up the skates, the sneakers, or the cleats, or, you know, grab the ball glove, they expect to win and it matches the fan base? Volleyball for sure. Okay, so Nebraska volleyball, Creighton men's basketball. Um, Creighton volleyball? Yeah, yeah, I think they're there, Creighton, for sure. Creighton women's basketball? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Nebraska bowling? Like, I'm serious. So what I'm getting at is, <laughs> this, so this is one of the things, and, and again, smarmy Kevin Willard, who will be here on Sunday, I wonder if he'll get booed. I bet he will. Will Caitlin Clark tomorrow get booed? That's right. that's another segment. Hold on, hold your okay. thought on there. Okay. I got a question about that. So Kevin Willard, I'm watching the post game last night, and Maryland fans stormed the court. Purdue, mm, Purdue's in a little bit of a rut right now. They're one and three against Ken Palm, top thirty teams. And you know of their seven losses? Do you know that six times fans have stormed the court? Yeah. Hey, the only the only time they didn't is when they lost at home. I mean, that would be awkward if yeah. you lost and your fans stormed the court. Because I'm guessing for security purposes, <laughs> hey. that would be that would be bad. <laughs> but six yeah. of their seven losses, they have had the court stormed on them. And last night happened at College Park, and mm-hmm. the whole college basketball is better if Maryland is relevant. All right. My waistline is better if I don't go to the buffet. Okay. <laughs> but Kevin Willard said something about taking over for Maryland basketball. And Maryland basketball has this incredible history. One of my favorite players all time, rest in peace, Len Bias. Mm-hmm. We remember Lefty Drizel. We remember Maryland and the ACC. We remember Bucky Waters sitting courtside commentating on a Maryland yeah. Duke game. And when Maryland basketball moved to the Big Ten, people there were like, really? This is a step down. And Mark Turgeon, who is a free agent, and I think is still living in the D.C., Baltimore area. He had bits of success. Mm-hmm. People forget Nick and Jimmy. D'Angelo Russell played at Maryland. And they've had, yep. they've had some other players. I mean, Juan Dixon was there last night, and they won a national championship. But Kevin Willard made a comment that I thought, and thinking about local teams, he said, I think we've got the program in a good spot because – we, and he said, us, he pointed at himself, and he said, them, and he was pointing at the fans, we expect to win every game. And I thought, wow, when you get to that point, what does that feel like where you might be three or four point underdog, but you expect to win? What's that like when you get your program at any level to the point where you expect to win every time you go into competition? As John Cook. 
As Mac. I mean, it's it, it takes time. It's establishing. It's not just the results, but what we have watched, and I'll, I'll use what everybody's thinking about right now. If you're listening to this right now, you're thinking about football. The, the feeling of a fourth quarter, the feeling of even if with a lead, Iowa 2022, uh, Wisconsin 2023, oh God, oh crap, oh blank, as opposed to, all right, close out time. Or if you're down. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're going to be so pissed when we break their hearts. You're, it, it's such a dynamic of having the, the the physical ability to do that, but then seeing a collection of athletes that you don't even like. You you don't even doubt it. And then that way, when it, if it doesn't happen, heaven forbid, it doesn't happen, and you lose that game, like people are like, "Whoa, what the hell?" As opposed to, "Yep, saw this coming." I mean, it's it's something that wasn't so long ago that we probably felt about the football team, and yet when we when I watch John Cook, you watch Mac, you know that six game losing streak that Creighton had earlier, you could point to okay, well, no, Calk Brenner, that's that's tough. But remember, during that losing streak, you're starting to wonder, okay, you know, at least I was. Where, where's, where's the psyche of this team right now? Can they recover? And lo and behold, they do. You know, they get their guy back, but lo and behold, they have that wherewithal. They have that physical and mental fortitude that they're able to overcome that. So it's, I mean, it, it's it's an art, but it is. It's so tough to establish that, but you hope once you do, you're able to maintain that, which is also, I think, yeah. equally as hard. So Josh wants to talk about Nebraska baseball here, and I will tell you, of all the teams that I've been involved with, I know what it felt like when Dave Van Horn got Nebraska baseball rolling. Mm-hmm. Every single game, they expected to win. Yeah. He'd be disappointed if they weren't 56-0. But they got to the point where they expected to win every time that there was a game on the schedule. And quickly the fans started to feel that as well. And they got excited when, you know, top-ranked Texas would come to town or a really good Mm -hmm. Baylor or Oklahoma State team would come to town. I just thought it was an interesting comment by Kevin Willard. He feels like Maryland basketball has gotten to the point where they expect to win. The fans want you to win every game. The players want to win every game. Do they know how to win every game? But now they expect to win every game, and Maryland's playing really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, here is uh, Josh. Good morning, Josh. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, uh, so I've been listening, and I've heard uh, the name Josh Karen and Dylan Carey as two potential players to keep an eye out for having a breakthrough year. But, Nick, I wanted to get your thoughts on what you've been hearing on Jace Kaminska and what role he might be playing. Is he going to be in the rotation? Are they looking at using him for a mid-reliever? With that, I'll hang up. Thanks, guys. Yeah, he's, yeah. I mean, he's your, he's your day, too. He's your Saturday guy. It's, it's a weird series because sometimes you get the doubleheader on, like, a Saturday, but they're playing all the way through Monday. Uh, Jace is their number two, and, and I think, ideally, that's where they'd like him. And if anybody had a chance to watch him when they came up to Omaha in the scrimmage, he's got stuff. You know, he, he's got a lively fastball, real good slider, uh, this is a guy that is, and if you look down the staff for Nebraska too, there is a lot of pop with a lot of these arms. These are some power pitchers that they have. Kaminska, big guy, and so yeah, he's going to be able to bring that. This is the, the role that they want him to, because Emmett Olson. And remember, and I think people need to realize this too. Early in the season, Emmett Olson is your day one. This is still a guy that's trying to make. And we talked to Lance about this earlier in the week. This is a guy that's trying to make that full transition from one of your more reliable relievers to what he took on last year because of injury to the staff. 
as a starter, and he turned out to be a pretty damn good one, and he's got good enough stuff too. But if Emmett is having a slow transition or is still not up to speed, Kaminska's the type of guy that could potentially slide into that Friday role if they would need him to. But you've got two, I would say, through the coach's eyes from what I've heard, a 1A, 1B type of guy. They like the fact that they can start off the series with a lefty at Emmett, come right back with a, a power righty in, in Jay. So if you're seeing him in the bullpen, it's probably it's it's not a good thing for Nebraska. I'll just say that. Uh, and then on Dylan Carey, he forced his way into the starting lineup to be the starting yeah. third baseman. Now, he's going he's gonna to platoon a little bit, but Dylan Carey was a huge pickup as a freshman coming in, and he opened up some eyes this mm-hmm. fall. They, you know, I, I agree with you on the pitching. So the pitching will carry this team. Yep. I mean, they're, they're deep on the mound. I think they believe they're deep one through nine at the plate, but I just can't get out of so many swings and misses I'm last year. Yeah. Until that is rectified, I have more faith in the pitching staff. Yep. From Olsen and Kaminska are a great one-two, and then if you throw in another freshman in Clark, mm-hmm. I mean – Nebraska could have that Friday, Saturday, Sunday that helps you win a regular season championship. So I like where they are on the mound. I just I'm not convinced yet at the plate because I they're going to need depth one through nine, not just Max Anderson and a bounce back from Bryce Matthews. Yeah, and he brought up Josh Karen too. He's going to be an interesting interesting one to follow because he did have a really good Northwoods League uh, summer. And that was a guy that you could start to kind of see towards the end that they really wanted to get his bat in the lineup. And when we talk about sort of what was an offensively challenged team, and and you're right, there was ugh, it, it, not just the swings and misses, but in some key moments too with runners on base and, and all of that. And I think everybody knows that by now. There's another dude that if it's not in the role as, you know, because you got Griffin Everett back who gave you some pop in the lineup too. You know, you've got, you've got some pretty good depth there at catcher. Karen's a guy that I think they're going to try to find some ABs for. I'm I'm curious to see if he can kind of pick up from where he left off in the summer and really towards the end of last year, too. So that is another guy. I think that's a good point by Josh. Keep your eye on Josh Karen. Uh, uh, preseason poll came out, or whatever the Big Ten does. The Big Ten it does acknowledge that they do play baseball. Yep. Uh, they have Nebraska fifth. And then they do 39 players to watch. Yeah. You don't have a first team and a second team and just the players to watch. Although I'm I'm impressed that they give you that many in football what is it like six it's, it's so today is supposed to be like a big day yeah, college baseball is opening up mm-hmm. it's you know it's frustrating around here because we have a very knowledgeable and pass, passionate fan base for three division one programs but yet they play in conferences that the big east is all men's basketball mm-hmm. the summit league tries to be nice to every sport but baseball they're they're limited with some weather. Yeah. So Oral Roberts and Omaha play a lot of games early in the year at home because you're not playing on a field in Brookings or Fargo. <laughs> and the Big Ten is what the Big Ten is. Even I mean, I don't think maybe you can look this up for me. The Big Ten network, when will be the first baseball game that they will carry? Because I was looking at the SEC network schedule today, and I know the SEC baseball is on a whole different plan. Yeah. And 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 what drives the SEC putting more volleyball on, women's basketball, baseball, softball, is their fan bases. Their fan bases are passionate, and they demand that their network that covers the league put more of those sports on, right. the Olympic sports. Unfortunately, there's only a few pockets when it comes to the Big Ten where fans are like, hey, man, I want more, I want, I want more. 
prime result. I truly believe that the outcry from Nebraska baseball fans about the Big Ten tournament got all the games on television. Yeah. And Nebraska baseball fan wants every game on television, but you don't have a network that is reciprocal. And you have the, you know, so you got the Big Ten is like, eh, you know what? Baseball starts after basketball around here. The Big East says, man, we're men's basketball. Oh, sorry, UConn, Creighton. I know, Xavier, you're trying. Georgetown, you're trying. But, mm-hmm. you know, this is a men's basketball league. And then the Summit League with their weather challenges. That's the frustrating thing as you look forward to opening day. They play in three conferences that baseball is not near the top of the priority. We all get on the food chain. It's football, men's basketball, and then somebody fight for the third. Yeah. And baseball is probably not the third most popular sport. I don't think they've in, released in it yet. Of those. I don't think they've released it yet because see that's that's you, you can't. I feel do like that. it's not on until like April. Yeah, well, that's usually and that's and usually not, the case. It, yeah, it's never really non-conference games, <clears throat> right? Yeah. It's 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 like the the first conference weekend, but it's usually after the men's basketball season. Mm-hmm. You can't have that happen. No. You and, know, and, what? I mean, what what is UCLA and USC thinking? Yeah. UCLA is going to join the Big Ten in baseball. Mm-hmm. UCLA is a top twenty-five program. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, UCLA, which will be super excited to come to Evanston, Illinois, <laughs> in April, mm-hmm. the first mm-hmm. part of April, to play a three-game set against oh, yeah. Northwestern. I mean, what is UCLA baseball fan thinking? You guys don't carry many games, right? Yeah, and I, if I remember correctly, now that I'm kind of looking at some of the schedules. I want to say it's not until we get either towards the end of this month or even into March where the Big Ten announces, and so you start to see some schedule, some first pitch adjusts throughout every team's schedule because I think it's usually early March is when they kind of get through the thick of basketball, and then they're like, all right, now we can kind of look at some of our spring sports. So, yeah, it, it's – oh, it's so it, so far on the back burner, and it has been. And, and, and in this year where they – the conference, whether you think Maryland is a Big Ten school or not yeah. – Maryland has a really good chance to end up here in Omaha in mid-June. Mm-hmm. They do play Big Ten baseball. Yep. They're damn good. Now, They're damn good at it. You know, I mean, the thing about um, the Big 12, too, if you think about Nebraska, the, the amount of times that they had television opportunities and what it would be like now, too, with ESPN+. Plus, Because I remember when Nebraska opened up the Will Bolt era in Baylor. Now, that game was on ESPN+. Plus. You had your, your first game right out of the gate because you're playing a Big 12 team. Right there on ESPN. And so you've got so many more opportunities. This is why, and I know you would say this as well because you lived it. God, I miss the Big 12 in baseball. I just do. Just the way that they they handled baseball. It's, it's day and night. But it, it, as far as having this network, this is what set the Big Ten apart. So for, you know, for so many years is having the Big Ten network. But... You know, you think about all the things the Big 12 was missing out on at the time. Look at where they are with their baseball product. And I get it. The baseball product is more competitive. It's more deep than what the Big 10 has. But you still had that very well-established network. And you want to talk about growth of a sport? That's how you do it right there. You get it more exposure. And it's still an afterthought until you really get into... You know, needing inventory, needing to fill inventory, and that's when you start getting games, you know, late April, May, you know, going into the Big Ten tournament, which is, it, it is, it's very unfortunate. And it's a, you know, it's a fair point you bring up about UCLA too. It's like, really? This is all the exposure we're going to get? Yeah, try, try John Savage explaining to his recruits. Mm-hmm. They were joining the Big Ten in baseball, and they're like, okay, so we're not going to play on the West Coast? Yeah, yeah we are going to play, and we're going to play some home games, but we're going to travel and... 
we're going to play in a conference that maybe doesn't look at baseball as strongly as the Pac-12 does. Yeah. All right, 49 past the hour. A little bit later, Mike Schaefer will join us. Matt Verzal as well on this Feel Good Friday, the opener of college baseball. Someday, boys, global warming, we're going to have an opening day in Nebraska in the middle of February. Just someday. Schedule Just schedule it. Someday. We won't be around, but someday it'll mm-hmm. happen, and <laughs> they'll remember this conversation. I hope so. Mornings with Sharp and Hanley on 1620 The Zone. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 